Well, church, how are we doing today? Come on, how are you doing today out there? Come on. Let's show Jesus some love here. Come on. Hey, uh, if I haven't introduced myself, I'm Pastor Rick. I'm the lead pastor here at Bridge City Church. Yes, we are. Uh, one church in four locations, and out of everywhere on the planet I could be, I get to be here with you today. And I think that's pretty awesome. Come on, just nudge your neighbor and say, it's about to get good. Come on, just... Come on, it's about to get good. Here we go. Come on. Uh, we are uh, week two. How many of you were here last week? How many of you here were last week? How many of y'all you did the whole Sunday school deal? How many of y'all took your, your, uh, your craft? A lot of people are here. If you weren't here, you kind of got ripped off. It's okay. You kind of did a craft. There's uh, on refrigerators all over this area. There's little uh, Noah pictures and things like that. And, um, but we don't have any crafts for you today, but we do have a snack, but you're not allowed to eat your snack until snack time. Okay, we're going to have snack time to keep you going because here we go. We're with Sunday school, and we're taking some traditional Sunday school messages that, that you would hear. Now, how many of you uh, grew up maybe in a traditional background, and you went to what we call Sunday school? How many of y'all did that? Okay. So like some of these stories, yeah. And so what we realize more and more that um, these are foundational stories, kind of like that some of us maybe who grew up with take for granted, but we don't want to take them for granted. So we're taking seven weeks and we're looking at a whole bunch of different stories and, uh, of Sunday school. And on the way in, you got your very own doodle sheet, okay? How many got your sheet here? Okay, you got your sheet, okay. You can take notes here. You can draw a picture about what it's about. You can turn it over and do your grocery list. Do not do that, okay, don't not do that. Don't do that, okay. But you got your own doodle sheet here. We're just gonna have a great, great, awesome time. And there's some rules. Sunday school has rules. So you gotta be a good listener. You gotta follow directions. You gotta raise your hand to speak. And, um, and then uh, be kind to others and do your best. How many of y'all could do that today? Now, the only thing that you don't have to raise your hand for is a, is a solid amen. Okay? Or a hallelujah. Okay? Okay, you can, you can do that all on your own. You can do that. So here we go. Today, it's all going to be about Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel in the lion's den. Here it is. Now, um, what, uh, what, like Sunday school... Um, for those of you that don't know, and maybe some of you are getting teased and you would like to maybe start participating in, in kids' ministry, because it's a very powerful ministry. My wife, Natalie, regularly serves with the kids. I, whenever I can, I do. I jump in because it's just so, so awesome, great. But one of the things you always have is a memory verse. So here's a memory verse here for you today. It's Daniel 6.23, Daniel 6.23. And here it is. Can you all see that? Can you see that? We're going to say it out loud. Come on, help me. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God, Daniel 6, 23. Now, now we're going to be doing that several times here today. So you're, you're just getting warmed up. We're just getting warmed up. And so it's all about trust. You know, years ago, I learned something about trusting in God, maybe just a little bit. It was before Natalie and I got married. I was uh, working as a registered nurse at Mercy Hospital. And um, it was before we were, uh, right before we got married, really felt like God, um, God wanted me to go on a missions trip, a two-month trip before we got married. 
And so um, we were planning on this. Matter of fact, we moved the date of our, our wedding back so, so we could, I, I could go on this trip. And the problem was is the hospital would not give me time off. And so the hospital said, no, you can't have two months off. And I says, well, then no problem. I'll just quit. And now that didn't go over real big, but I said, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to quit. This is what I'm going to do. And, and so it came time to leave, and my, my, my boss, my head nurse, she said, you're not permitted to do that. And I said, well, well I'm going to quit because I'm going to go do this missions trip. And it's okay. I'm not, I'm not upset. This is just the way it's going to happen. So I went on that two-month trip, came back from Central America, and, uh, and, and I needed a job because we were getting married pretty soon. We had no money at all at that point. So I needed a job. So I called and I said, hey, I'm, I'm looking for a job. Are you hiring? Well, needless to say, my head nurse was not real happy with that. But what she, what, what she did is she said, you're on the schedule start, you know, starting the following Monday. And so I went back the following Monday. I was completely on the schedule. I didn't lose any seniority at that point. Went back at the same level I was at. And, um, and God gave me favor in that situation. And I'm going to tell you this, that the people I worked with, they were not happy at all. They were very, very agitated that, that what happened was, is God gave me favor. And my wife and I, Natalie, we just simply trusted God. We said, you know, we're going to trust God with this. We're going to pray. God's going to take care of it. And God gave me favor. And I learned something that when God asks you to do something, if you'll simply take steps and follow him, he got your back. How many of y'all have ever experienced that? Come on. Come on, he does. He has your back. And so this is the big idea today. So this is the big idea of this message here. Every follower, every follower of Jesus, how many followers of Jesus do we have here today? Come on, every follower of Jesus can be prosperous by trusting God in three areas. You can be prosperous by trusting God in these three areas. Here it is, trusting God in prayer, trusting God through adversity, and trusting God with my future. So there's three areas here that I believe we could be prosperous in trust God. Now I'm going to get to the definition of prosperous in just a little while because the prosperity message has gotten a bad rap over time, but when we define it properly, it's a beautiful thing. I want to let you know as your pastor, I want you to be prosperous. I want, and I expected a little amen there. <laughs> that was a good spot. <laughs> I want you to be successful. I, I want you to experience everything God has for your life. That's, that's a good thing. I want you to experience blessings in God's favor. That's what I want for you. That's why we're here today, to learn how to do this here. But I'm going to tell you this. That being prosperous is not a, not a reduction of strife in your life. Through these things, we can have God's power in our life. So here we go. Here we go. Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. Here we go. Daniel, I'm going to read a couple verses, and I'm going to unwrap who Daniel is. So Daniel chapter 6, if you're looking in your Bible, it's after Ezekiel, before Hosea. After Ezekiel, you get to all these like, Long, they call them major prophets. That just means they have a lot to say. Then there's a whole bunch of minor prophets, which means they don't have a lot to say. Okay, so it's right in between here. Bridges that gap here. Daniel chapter 6. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, completely 
trustworthy. So they concluded our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection to his rules of his religion. Now let's press pause for a second here. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great that everybody in your life, everybody you work with and your family and friends and your neighbors could only find one fault with you? That you're trustworthy, reliable, responsible, and you have, they'd have to trip you up on the rules of your religion. Wouldn't that be a great thing to be said about you? That's the only thing they can find about you. I think that would be pretty good. See, Daniel was taken from Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem was God's people. And so he was, he was a Hebrew. He was Jewish. And he, they marched him 500 miles to Babylon in, in a place that Babylon represents the world. A, it's confusion. And that's what our world has right now is confusion. I'm not sure you live in the same world I do. Come on. And, and it's confusion. So they marched him there. And Daniel was a government official. Note, he wasn't a minister, he wasn't a pastor, preacher, or prophet. Let me pause. Your life matters to God. Your life, no matter what you do, it doesn't, you say, well, I'm not a minister, I'm not a pastor, I don't matter. No, you matter. Daniel is a book that screams, you matter. And so Daniel, he was marched off here, and as a young boy, we learn in Daniel 1, as a young boy, he decided Listen, he was in the king's court. That means he had an endless supply of chicken tenders, cheeseburgers, onion rings, and the milkshake factory was open 24-7. Come on, somebody. That means he could have whatever he wanted, but he said no to that as a young boy and he said no to that because he said, no, I'm going to have fruits and vegetables and water. Henceforth, you might have heard of the Daniel fast, which is, which is staying away from, from, from all meats and certain things and staying away from that and saying, no, I'm just going to have fruits and vegetables here. And that means he said, he said no, I'm not going to have cheeseburger. We're going to have, we're going to have fruit snacks. <laughs> that's what he said right there. Okay. So listen, so this was Daniel. So that's where we get the Daniel fast here. Now, from chapter 1 to chapter 6 is roughly about 66 years. That means Daniel started living a certain way. Most likely he was considered a young boy, a young Hebrew boy would be only considered young under 13, 14 right in there. And so that means 66 years passed. So that means he's in his upper 70s, pushing 80 here. I want to let you know, I don't know if you're, you're 14, in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, God's not done with you yet. Come on, that's it. That, the older I get, the louder my amen is. Come on, somebody. That's right, come on. That's right, because that's what I, I believe here. So in the midst of this, they couldn't find any fault with Daniel because they were trying to trip him up. It was like, who is this Daniel? Who does he think he is? Because Daniel had favor in his job. Why? He was faithful, responsible, completely trustworthy here. This is who he was here. Now, going forward here, Daniel had some haters. And the haters said, we're going to trip him up. And we're going to get the king to sign a decree that nobody's allowed to pray to their God. They're only allowed to worship false gods. Does this sound familiar in our world right now? Now, this is the world in which we live right now. 
This isn't just an old story. This is a story about now. And so his haters decided they were going to trip him up. So they got the king to sign that if anybody prays to another, to another god, they're going to be in big trouble. There's going to be something's going to happen to them. So fast forward here. We're talking about trusting God in the area of prayer, verse 10. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with his windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Now Daniel knew if he prays like this, it's going down. It's not going to be good. So he didn't muster up something to do. He just did what he had always done. You, you, you see, if we want to be prosperous, we got to go back to the everyday what we've always done. Daniel simply prayed every day. So he, three times a day, he says, I'm just going to keep doing what I've always done. I'm not going to, I'm not going to rev myself up here. See, you don't have to get ready when you're already in prayer. See, many people got to rev themselves up to get in prayer. You got to rev themselves. You don't have to rev yourself up when you're already there. When you start your day like that, you see, you see, when you you don't have to go get ready, you're there. You see, most people, unfortunately, what we do is we approach prayer. We approach prayer as an obligation rather than anticipation. I, I, I want you to catch this. Most people come to church out of an obligation, not anticipation. See, see, when we have the living Christ inside of us, when we have the living God inside of us, I'm not just here out of a discipline today. Oh, you know, I, I'm the pastor. i got to get to church. No, I come out of anticipation. Anticipation. Wonder what God's going to do today. People ask me a lot. They say, why do you get up so early? I'm known, I like, I like to get up early. I like to start my day off early. Do you know that most days, not every, but most I don't need to set an alarm clock. Wow, you must be so disciplined. No, I just have a great anticipation in my heart about what each and every day can hold. Every day is a great day with God. Every day, I don't know what God's going to do, but He's going to do it. See, see, we got to get out of the discipline, uh, a discipline mindset and an obligation mindset and wonder what God's going to do. Let's pray and see. When, when, when I show up at Heinz Field today for Pittsburgh praise, I'm not going out of a discipline or obligation. As a matter of fact, if I don't show up at Heinz Field to pray with all of the churches in Pittsburgh, I don't, I, honestly, I don't think anybody will miss me. I'm not going there to check a box. I'm going there out of anticipation of what could God do with, a, with, with, with 20, 30, 40,000 people joining their hearts together and worshiping God. I'm not going there because I'm in charge. I'm going there because I'm a good follower. See, I'm a good follower. 
Somebody texted me this morning, another pastor, then another pastor, are you going? I says, absolutely I'm going. They says, are you in charge? I says, no, but every good leader is a good follower, and I want to be a good leader, so i got to be a good follower. I know how to follow. Are you grabbing a hold of this today? See, I'm going to live in anticipation. I'm going to live in anticipation of what God just might do. And if he chooses today to do it, I don't want to be, you know, taking a nap while it, while it happens. Are you with me? See, there's this anticipation of, of prosperity, but where does it happen? It happens in my every day, my day to day. This is what I'm going to do. Pastor Gary here. A great, awesome campus pastor here. What Great, awesome pastor. He says this all the time. This is a quote from him. And this is it. Uncommon devotion produces uncommon results. How many of you have heard him say that? Come on. Come on. He says this all the time. And so if we want uncommon results, we've got to have an uncommon devotion. And if we want prosperity, because every follower can be prosperous, when we trust God, in these three areas, the first one is prayer. Will we just trust God in prayer? Do what we've always done. That's what we're going to do. Do what we've always done. So here we go. Every follower of Jesus can be prosperous when they trust God in these three areas. The first one is prayer. First one's trusting God in prayer. The second one here is trusting God through adversity. Trusting God through adversity. Now, see, many people think that if you're prosperous, um, you'll never have any, any adversity. You'll never have any problems. I want to tell you I'm waiting for that day to happen. It hasn't happened for me yet. But my God has brought me through many things. Now, I know there's this thing that people say there will never be prayer returned to schools. I want to tell you this, that as long as there are tests, there will always be prayer in school. I'm telling you that right now. As long as there are tests, there's going to be kids praying to God in school. Am I right or wrong? Come on, somebody. There's always going to be pleading with God. God, if you help me through this, I'm going to go to youth group this week. Come on. You see, what we have to do is this. We've got to get, understand what real prosperity is. What real prosperity truly is, is this. It's God blessing me so I can use those blessings to accomplish His will. God blesses me so that I can use what He's blessed me with so that I can accomplish His will. See, where prosperity, where this message has gone wrong with so many people that they think they can dictate to God what, what, what happens. I've been at this 40 plus decades. I have yet to dictate to God anything. I align myself with His will and life goes better. Are you with me? I align myself with Him. But when He blesses me, I take that and I use it for Him, for His good and His glory. That's being prosperous. That's being successful. Not taking it unto me for my good and my glory and my gain, but I turn it around and everything God blesses me with, I'm going to use for Him. That's prosperity. See, that's success here. 
God, that's what I believe God wants us to, 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 to use for him. Now, I know I've been at this for, for about 15, close to 20 minutes now. I know you've got to be famished. And since this Sunday school message is going strong, I tell you, if you've got your fruit snacks, it's snack time. You can have a little snack. You just open them up right now. You go ahead and have your snack. And then I'm going to watch you pick your teeth the rest of our time together. That's what I'm going to do from right here. Go here, snack time. You know, this is Sunday school. Everybody got a little snack, okay? Everybody get your little, little fruit snack, get a little sugar rush, get, get your sugar up. We're going to burn hot for another 15, 20 minutes. Come on, how many of y'all like Sunday school right about now? Come on. I know you're waiting for a juicy juice, but we're not going to give those out today. Come on. But every week, every week during Sunday school, you're going to get a little snack. So this is going to be, you don't want to miss it. Come on. How many of y'all like this Sunday school deal? Come on. Yeah, and I know what you're thinking. You want the juicy juice too. Come on. Okay, okay, while you're doing that, we're going to go back to the story, back to the story here. And so Daniel's faithful. He's trusting God. He did exactly what God wanted him to do. Um, uh, and and, and I, I think that he probably could have thought that, hey, life is going to get easier. Life should get easier here. That, that's what really should, should, should happen here. And so, um, so, but the king found out, all his haters went to the king, said, hey, Daniel, he was up there, he was praying, we saw him, he was doing it, he violated the rules here, yeah, let's get him king. So in verse 16, so at last, the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, may your God whom you serve so faithfully rescue you. Wow. The king had to keep his word. But he said, hey, he said, hey, may your God rescue you. Do, you. do you know people in your life that you work with, you work beside, you work along with, and neighbors, friends, relatives, they know your God can bring you through. They're just waiting for, for people like you and me, ordinary, everyday people, to stand up and make a stand for him. Trust him in the everyday. Trust him through adversity here. That's what it is. So... They brought a stone, they, they, they put Daniel in the lion's den, dropped him down through, they put a big stone on top of it, and the king is messed up, because the king likes Daniel. King likes Daniel a lot, so he's like, he can't sleep, he's messed up, he's like thinking like, oh man, what's going to happen next here? So this is what does happen in verse 19, very early the next morning, the king gets up and he runs to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God, whom you serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lions? Come on, do you see him? He runs. He's like, oh my goodness, Daniel, are you okay? Are you there? Are you there? Daniel answered, long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouths so they would not hurt me. For I have been found innocent in his sight. So I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. And here it is. Let's say this underlined part here. Say it with me. You ready? Here we go. Not a scratch was found on him. For he had trusted in his God. Yeah! Come on, are you? 
See, we read some of this, and we just get like, oh, yeah, Daniel lines then. Lions, yeah. They weren't real lions. They were just kitty cats. No, they were, they were lions. This was common in their day. This was very, very common. But he went into the lions then, and the king pulls them out here. Why? Because he had trusted God through adversity. Do you know where I've learned to be prosperous the most? Through adversity. That's where I've learned to trust God the most. Kids get cancer at the worst of times. Things break down and hardship happens at the worst of times. Has there ever been a good time that you need a $500 car repair? Not only through those times. There's been times in my life where my character has been challenged and in question. There's been times when people have accused me of all kinds of things. But every time that people have looked at my life and put my life under a microscope, my integrity and my character has been intact. And what I've learned most of all is this, is that if I want true prosperity and success, I'm going to have to trust God through adversity. Adversity cements my relationship with God. And it comes in all different shapes and sizes. You see, I don't know what lions you're facing today. There's people in this room right now, you're facing lions in your life. You're facing challenges. And they're growling at you. They're staring at you. And they want to they eat you alive. But I want to tell you that you can be prosperous when you trust God in prayer. Do what you do on a daily basis of devotion with God. And then embrace your adversity as if it's God's opportunity to prove himself faithful to you. I believe in my heart there's many people in this room right now. That word that I just said, those couple of sentences were for you. Because you're facing some lions. You want to give up. You want out of the lion's den. You want to bail out. And God's saying, don't bail out. Jump in. Don't make anybody else put you in a lion's den. You go ahead and jump in yourself. And God's saying, watch what I will do. I can do it for you. That's what I believe God is saying to Bridge City Church, and specifically you here at Bright Nights. That's what God's saying. You're facing lions, but you can make it. Why do I say that? Because every follower of Jesus can be prosperous by following Jesus, following God in these three areas. Number one, in prayer. Number two, through adversity. And number three, trusting God with your future. Trusting God in your future. We live in a world right now that is filled with fear and uncertainty. We live with inflation. They're threatening a, a recession. 
there's a lot more month than, than money. Jobs. I don't know where I'm going to be working. They're, they're always talking about cutbacks. They're talking about changing jobs and changing this and changing that. Shrinkflation is upon us. Have you noticed how little potato chips are in a bag anymore? Everything's changing. But you and I, we can live with certainty. We can trust God with our future. God can be trusted. That's right, God can be trusted. He can be. That's why we worship the way we do. That's why we recenter our lives the way we do. That's why we're even a part of a church the way we are. One church in four locations. And we're going to get together on August 7th. You're going to cross, you're going to cross town. And you say, why should I cross town? Because that's where your church is meeting. Trust me, you've driven a lot farther for a good meal. But we're all going to get together. And we're going to worship Jesus all together. And we're going to honor Him. And then we're going to have, we're going to have a big, big lunch together. And we're going to have a great day together celebrating what God has done. But we're not just getting together holding on. On, on August 7th, we're not just going to hold on having an outdoor worship service saying, oh, if we could just hold on until Jesus comes back. No, we're celebrating that we have a future and a hope. We're celebrating because we have an anticipation that God's not done with us yet. See, you either come to church hoping to hold on or realizing that God's going to have a great week for you. I didn't say an adversity-free week, but God's going to have a good one for you. Because we're recalibrating, we're recalibrating, reorienting our lives, our minds and our hearts to God. Because I'm trusting God with my future. That's what I'm doing here. So, 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 so check this out. In verse 24, we're not going to cover this. The haters, the, the guys who got Daniel thrown into the lion's den, guess what happens to them? The king orders all of them along with their wives and children, to be thrown into the lion's den. And as a matter of fact, it says that they were devoured before they even hit the floor. Now that's pretty cool. These are the parts of the Sunday school messages we should tell these kids. Come on. No, I'm, I'm serious. Well, you don't trust God, but what we don't see is, is when you're a hater, and when you're a doubter, and when you're pointing fingers, it affects your whole family. It affects everybody around you. Your whole household is affected. That's what I see in verse 24, but in verse 25, it gets better. King Darius sent his message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world. Peace and peace and to everybody. Daniel's success became prosperity for others. See, God blessed him, so now it's going to be used for others. Did you catch that? Yeah. Yeah, come on. 
And he says in verse 26, I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed. His rule will never end. Come on, we're trusting God with our future. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Verse 28, so Daniel, so Daniel, yeah, Daniel prospered and then had a future that actually covered the next two kings. See, what we do is when we trust God, because every follower of Jesus in this room, we can be prosperous and successful when we'll trust God in these three areas. First of all, in prayer. Second of all, through adversity. And third, I can trust God with my future. How many of you are ready for a prosperous week? Come on, are you ready for a prosperous week? Come on, I am. That's where prosperity comes from. So how do we do this? We fix our eyes on Jesus. See, whatever you fix your eyes on, that is what's going to grip you. If you fix your eyes on CNN, that fear is going to grip you. You fix your eyes on all the craziness and inflation and interest rates, it's going to grip you. If you put your whole focus on fear and doubt and worry, it's going to grip you. But we're here today to reorient our lives on God because I want God to grip my life. How about you? Let's stand to your feet right now. Come on, let's just give God a great big hand this morning. Come on, let's just give him a great big hand. Come on. So here it is. Come on. Not a scratch was found on him because he trusted in his God. Okay, here it is. Are you, are you ready to fix your, your eyes on Jesus this morning? Come on, that's what we're going to do. In just a second here, we're going to, we're going to sing a little song. We're going to prepare our hearts and remind ourselves that we belong to God through communion together. But before we get there, I want to ask you a question today. I want to ask you a question. I want everybody to lock in here today. Listen, are you a follower of Jesus Christ? I didn't say are you an ag acknowledger. I didn't say, are you a believer in God? But are you a follower of Jesus? Do you have a day, a moment, or time when you transferred your trust to God? What Jesus Christ did on the cross. Because once you do, that gives you an anticipation that is just isn't going to go out. But if you didn't ever, you don't have a day, a moment, a time, or a season. You can't remember if you did it. You came to the right place. Because that's why God put Bridge City Church on this planet for people just like you and me so that we can transfer our trust to Him. We can transfer our trust off of ourselves, thanking God for forgiveness of our sin. We've missed the mark. And saying, Jesus, now I want you to lead my life. You call the shots. I don't call the shots, Jesus. You call the shots. Now, in this moment right now, I don't know where you are with God right now, but I'm going to pray in just a moment. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is good news. Heavenly Father, I pray over every person here today. May we fix our gaze, our hope on God. May you stretch us and grow our faith, God. So, God, I thank you, Lord, for those here today that are going to take a step of faith. They're going to take a, the biggest step of faith they have ever taken today, trusting you. 
you with not only their eternity, but with their lives here on earth as followers. So look, if you're here today and you don't have a day, a moment, or time that you said yes to Jesus Christ, his forgiveness and leadership, I want you to be really bold, really joyful, with great anticipation. If you would like to do that today, I just want you to slip up your hand right where you are. Say, you know what, Pastor? That's me today. Come on, that's me today. Anybody here today? Come on. Anybody here today? That's it. Come on. Anybody here today says, you know what? That's what I want today. That's what I want to do today. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Come on. Come on. Anybody here? Can't go on without this one. All right, if you raised your hand, somebody in just a few moments are going to come up beside you. They're just going to offer to pray for you. They just want to pray for you and treat you with dignity and honor and personally rather than just, than just in a group setting. So they're going to do that in just a moment. But what we're going to do, the rest of us, we're going to prepare for communion right now. So that means the ushers are going to come down and they're going to be standing right here. And the first thing we're going to do is you're going to come out of your seats into the center. You're going to come down here. You're going to get a cracker and a juice, and you're going to make your way back to your seat. Then you're going to stay standing. The worship team's going to lead us in prayer. Then I'm going to come back, and we're going to do this together. I'll explain it to you if this is new to you. So the ushers are going to come forward here. They're going to face you. So come out into the center, make your way down, and uh, lead us, and we're going to follow. 